He's to the 45. He's oh, to he's the 50. Oh, no, he's not. No, he's not going to plant it in the midfield of the O, is he? Wow. Yes, he is. Rattler again to throw it. Steps up in the pocket. Throws on the run. All right, guys, welcome to the Oklahoma Breakdown Podcast, brought to you guys by SB Nation's Crimson and Cream Machine. I'm your host today, Kami Amrabi, and joined by my co-host, Stephen Brown, and haven't seen him in a minute, uh, to my right, Jack Shields. How, how are you all doing? Yeah, in a minute, so that would yeah, be that. What, so, uh, what did you do to your computer, Jack? You uh, getting well, kind of viruses was, on those things? No, it was, it was nine years old. I got it in the year of our Lord 2012. Uh, when I bought it, OU had not yet lost to Johnny football in the cotton. <laughs> That's how uh, old that MacBook was. So mm. anyway, finally bit the bullet and purchased a laptop, which is never fun. But anyway, here I am back in the and saddle. Steven, how was the float trip? Are you sunburnt and enjoying life? Um, still recovering. Definitely sunburnt. Mostly my legs. I, I kind of overdid on the shoulders and then skimped on the legs. So my legs look like little lobster legs right now. Uh, but it was nice, fun. Man. It was a good time. Yeah, I've I've yeah. never been to the river and not been you know medically medical emergency sunburned. It's it's been you know I'm I've learned my lesson over the years, but uh, I feel like I'm usually grateful that I don't end up being taken on those trips. So yeah. I I usually you know, resist the urge to go just because I know myself and that I'm going to end up looking like a uh, lobster. Cause yeah, last time I didn't wear sunscreen and my back was turned to the sun the entire time. The entire back half of my body was a blister. You can tell by looking at me, I'm, I'm, you know, ghost white. So I know it's, I can uh, count. I can count on my hand. One hand those how many times I've been sunburnt one hand how many times i've been sunburnt in my life so i can count it on front hands yeah yeah it's fantastic but we're we are here to talk about pretty much one thing um oklahoma they got the commitment of a kicker and i know we're all very excited uh but for real ou texas to the sec seems like the name of the game as of late um is this a situation where the Big 12 played a game of chicken and Joe Castiglione was just done with it? Or is this a game or was this not a game at all? And OU and Texas have just been having conversations behind the scenes. <clears throat> it seems like it went, it went, it, it happened rapidly. So Jack, you said probably a little both explain. I mean, I mean, I feel like the Big 12, uh, you know, in to, for lack of a better phrase, they fucked around and found out, <laughs> you know, you know, right. they, uh, you know, they, you know, 11 a.m. kickoffs. That's, I mean, that's Fox's fault. But, I mean, that's the issue of the Big 12. I mean, in the leadership. I mean, they they accepted a deal like that. And, obviously, Oklahoma and Texas were not pleased about the deal that was accepted there. So, it's, you know, they kind of made their bed and they have to lie in it. But, uh, and most of the schools in the Big 12 are going to be fine. Um, I think Oklahoma State will probably <laughs> head out west. I think Texas Tech will probably head out west, I think. I kind of think Kansas State's going to head out west as well. Those Man, three for sure, I think. I'm um, not sure. 
I don't know. I, we talked about this before. brought up before. academics with the, you know, the Pac-12, but, you know, I mean, there are some great academic institutions out there. I mean, Berkeley is one of the best public schools in the country. USC is great. Stanford's right. great. UCLA is great. But um, there's also Arizona State. So right. I feel like yeah. that's not a not really a deal breaker. So, I mean, I think, yeah. you know, Texas Tech and, you know, Kansas State, Oklahoma State, I think they'll be fine out there. And there's a it big – um, emphasis on Olympic sports and things like that out there. And mm. Oklahoma state's athletic department, it's very, it's pretty well-rounded as far as non-revenue sports are concerned. So I feel like they'd, uh, I feel like they'd enjoy themselves out there a little bit. So it wasn't that long ago that oh, yeah. Texas tech in Texas were on their way to the PAC 12, but uh, Steven, if this ultimately happens, like it looks like it's happening r- very rapidly, like rather quickly, if this happens, what does this ultimately mean for OU? Because here, here's the deal. I've gotten uh, DMs. I've gotten messages. I've gotten emails and tweets saying, ultimately, they think this is going to be bad for OU in Texas, more so for Texas, because the SEC doesn't care at all what the, the OU in Texas want, whereas, whereas the Big 12 will bend over backwards for OU in Texas. Uh, what does this mean for OU moving forward if and when this should happen? I think it's nothing but a good thing for Oklahoma. Um, I think most of the concern there is probably due to the tougher schedule. Like you're not going to have that that Big 12 schedule where you're going to have some some pretty easy games three weeks in a row and then you're going to try to cook up a, a tough game against TCU, for example, and kind of frame that as like a, a big win. Um, this is going to be a schedule for Oklahoma if it does go through that they're going to have to play every single week. Um, and at times they aren't going to have those 11, 12 win seasons. They may have some struggling seasons here and there, but at the same time, you look at it from a financial standpoint and the contract that, um, the sec has with ESPN and going over to Disney. And I think they're moving from, from CBS to ABC or something like Mm -hmm. that. So. Um, it's going to be a lot more money. And if you're worried about the playoffs, the playoffs is likely to expand probably to the 12 teams that, that people have talked about. So um, even if you don't have those 10, 11 win seasons, you're still in contention for a playoff spot. Absolutely. And I mean, remember that, you know, things are trending in the direction of people staying home and preferring to watch on television. And when right. you give them more marquee matchups and more, reason to be excited that sort of alleviates that issue to some extent not completely but to some extent and uh you know that's a big advantage right there of making this move but uh i mean also think about campus corner campus corners oh, are thrive because of this i think i mean it's gonna mm-hmm. i think it's gonna be fantastic it's gonna be a boon for the local economy i think you know when you have a, uh, you know all of these fan bases in the sec west all of them would travel to norman I mean, some of them, even the ones that aren't that close, I mean, I think Ole Miss fans would travel to Norman. Oh, yeah. State fans would travel to Norman. The only ones that wouldn't in the uh, SEC West, probably Mizzou. I mean, they that's not really a big traveling fan base. I mean, we've seen that in the past. We've been there and done that. But, uh, you know, it's, you know, LSU fans, Arkansas fans, A&M fans, they're all going to, you know, flock to Norman. I think more – you know, people around here would be more excited about the tailgating environment whenever people like that are coming into town. I think that the amount of people that come to Norman, not even to attend the game necessarily, just to come to tailgate is going to go up. And, you know, Campus Corner, I think they're going to benefit from that greatly. So I think that's 
that's a really good thing to see. I mean, that's going to be great for all the small business owners around there. You know, the first time OU goes eight and five, Randy from Goaty Bow is going to be like, should have known we ain't going to join the SEC conference because they're so used to winning that 11 to 12 games a year. But, but the thing is, you guys. can win nine or 10 and make the playoff in a 12 team field. I mean, and especially with the schedule they're going to be up against. I mean, they're going to get the benefit of the doubt if they lose three games. They might sneak into the playoff with a nine and three record. Don't count that out at all. Yeah, especially with the expanded playoff. I agree. Right. Yeah, exactly. With a well, so, yeah, 12 team playoff for sure. What's so interesting about all of this is the, the entire AM Aggie fan base leaking this information Ooh. in hopes to create roadblocks to all of this happening. But it appears, as we have seen on the Twitter sphere and the internets, that the opposite has happened and rather it has accelerated what is going on uh, for conference realignment. Like this is conference realignment. And instead of us saying, hey, what would have happened if OU would have added Memphis or Cincinnati? It's real. It seems like it's go time. And so let's talk about AM for a minute. And Jack, we'll come to you first. They're scared. Um, a little bit. They're a little Why? mad online right now, if you haven't noticed. Old Billy from uh, Texags is on one today, if you haven't noticed. He is uh, trying to drum up support from the Texas Got the militia going. And, uh, you know, mm -hmm. saying, oh, well, you know, there's going to try to block this move. Look out and look out for it to happen in Oklahoma, too. That's not going to happen in Oklahoma. There's literally nothing tying OU to OSU. There's nothing tying Texas to the other schools there, political right. pressure is not going to really matter here. You know, it's no one has enough leverage in those states other than OU and Texas mm -hmm. to really stop anything. And they're the ones who are making the moves here. So, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty irrelevant at this point as far as that's concerned, but yeah, they are, uh, they're actually mad. They're, they're very <laughs> upset. You know, it, you leave the conference to get out of the shadow of Texas. They're not, they don't even mince words about it. They're, they're right. not even, they have no shame and no pride about the Yes. Whole. They're like, you know, we're trying to get out of Texas's shadow. I mean, it's, they're just, they're literally saying that Texas is their big brother. I mean, they, they have the biggest inferiority complex you've ever seen. Their inferiority complex trumps the other Aggies up here. That's how big it is. I mean, it's, <laughs> It's bad, man. It's really it's bad. bad. It's, it's on another level. It's uh, it's so ingrained in their psyche that they they are incapable of, you know, veiling it over. There, there's, it's just <laughs> they can't play it off. They really can't. It's low, uh, low key. Bill from Texags is probably the prime example of it. I don't follow Taylor Ham anymore, but I am curious to see. He's what still he following is people into urinals and restrooms uh, That's, to yeah. recruit yeah. players. He's, he's occupied right yeah. now. But. but low key, I'm not saying Texas A&M is a cult and that they're racist. You but know I get they the vibe. Are, they, I get the vibe. He's got like a Billy Koresh vibe. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Oh my god. I like to say that on live stream. Yo, but Steven. Speaking of which, Baylor's up Chick Creek without a paddle, too. Speaking yeah. of AM, I mean, what was the 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 most interesting thing is because I went on a podcast the other day with Gerald Goodridge and Carl Carpenter uh on their Born Orange Nation Longhorn Republic podcast. And we just have a good time. And as soon as this news dropped, 
it was like almost like WWE wrestling when you have a tag team stuff. It was almost like OU and Texas fan bases were just bodying A&M fan bases. And truly, it was a beautiful sight to see among enemies that also have people that they also hate. The enemy of my enemy um, is my friend or something like that. I don't know. But it was fun That's to see people bodying all the Aggies on Twitter. Steven, what's your what's your takeaway from all of this? The one thing that kind of stands out um, as far as just the A&M reaction, um, they've benefited from going to the SEC, especially in the recruiting grounds. So um, for them, this has always been something that they can sell in OU and, and Texas cannot um, to these, these, these primetime recruits, especially the big bodies. So, um, you know, if Oklahoma and Texas move over to the SEC, then that advantage just pretty much goes away for Texas A&M overnight. And I think that's a, that's a big scare for them. Yeah. And that's what in, in, in this uh, Texas A&M Aggie meltdown post that I I've conjured up. That's what a lot of it eventually is, is man, they're delusional at first. Like, Oh, this isn't going to be a big deal. Oh, he's not coming here. They made a gentleman's agreement that they wouldn't let Texas in the SEC. And they're like, Oh, don't worry about it. Jimbo Fisher's here. Texas A&M is fine. And then at the very end, they're like, guys, I'm a little worried. This is going <laughs> to kill our recruiting. It's not going to be very fun. But at least we're going to play OU every year instead of Alabama. And I'm just thinking they have finally, many of them anyways, have finally come to the realization that, hey, recruiting is – because that's that's the thing, like you said. Going to the SEC is their biggest, biggest overhanging sign saying, hey, come join and play in Texas, but also – be in the SEC. If that were to happen, well, it's the only thing they're able to dead. argue about, right. they can't really yes, sell wins. Exactly. They get into an argument at a bar. It's they true. Johnny football and the SEC. The their SEC. entire identity and everything they have to hang their hat on is gone in an right. instant. And so, some are under that's the guise some are under the guise that this happens in 2025. But I don't. That that's when the grand rights are up. I think it actually happens earlier. Let's say, what if this is in the fall of 2022 or, because that's next year, the spring or fall of 2023, and maybe reason why OU is having so much success other than Lincoln Riley's great relationship with Malachi Nelson. Otherwise, them knowing other things as well in the future that OU may be joining the SEC sooner than people believe. Is that quite possibly a thing? Jack, I'm coming to you first because your face looks surprised. Well, I mean, with Malachi Nelson, it's that could potentially be a thing. But at the same time, you've got to remember, OU's brought in, in odd years, the number one quarterback three times in a row in odd years. Radler in 19, Williams in 21, Nelson in 23. Having said that, it's not beyond the realm of possibility that, you know, they're maybe hinting at this to recruits and saying, hey, look, you might be able to uh, – play on the largest stage in college football by the time you're a sophomore. So I, 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 I'm not discounting it. Steven, what about you? I don't think they've leaked it too much to recruits. Cause that's a lot of information to trust with a 16 or 17 year old. But um, I think these discussions have been going on and I think they've at least made recruits aware that, you know, this conference is heading towards the end of his contract Mm -hmm. And, you know, there is the potential you're going to be not be playing the Big 12. You might be playing the Big 10, the SEC, you know, whatever the hell that that deals out. So um, I think it would come to like the surprise of many recruits because I don't think they were going to talk about that till 2025. But 
Um, it seems like things have gone in motion where this is spent quite a bit where I doubt OU is in the big 12 past 2023. And I, I agree with that statement full heartedly. I, I don't think they will be in there by the time 2024 rolls around. I think it's right in the middle between here and 2025. I think Jack talked about this before we started potting and said that seems pr- pretty reasonable. And what was interesting to me about this entire ordeal was that tweet about, Oh, OU and Texas have inquired about the sec membership came out of nowhere. Nobody was expecting that, or at least, you know, most people were not expecting that. And so the rest of the regents and ADs and the uh, principals, presidents of the schools, they're all caught off guard in the Big 12. And like right now, they're having a meeting or they had a meeting with which all 10 Big 12 ADs were invited to go talk and only eight showed up. The other two that didn't show up were OU and Texas. And now my question right now is, is there anything that the Big 12 could do to keep OU Texas? Or is this just a, is it a done deal? Is, is the death rattle, is this OU and Texas not showing up to this meeting, the death rattle for the conference in the next couple of years? Um, Jack, since you have Archie with you, I'm going to you first. Archie thinks the cat's out of the bag at this point. And there's no turning back. <laughs> That's what he told me. This, this, this yeah, I agree with Arch. So what Did, do you think? Yeah. So, yeah, I think with all of the reports coming out, with OU not attending this little, you know, you know, committee thing that the Big 12 threw it, you know, I feel like that's going uh, away party. Yeah, there's no putting this back in the box. So, Steven, yeah. same, same response. Done. I think, uh, I think Jay RDS, Red Dirt Sport, brought up a good point that maybe. Um, you know, it's not backed by any sort of, of strong information, but hypothetically, they weren't allowed in this meeting because they've already let the Big 12 know that, hey, we're not, uh, we don't plan to re-sign the next TV contract. We're, we're out of this. So um, I think this is something that's kind of gone back. If you look back in December, I think it was when um, the Big 12 tried to get their early negotiations going and ESPN and Fox were just like, yeah, we're going to wait. We don't, we don't have anything here to talk about. So this has been setting up for a few months and I think it's gotten to the point where, you know, on the A&M side, they got a little bit worried. They saw this thing progressing a little bit more than they expected and, and leaked it pretty fast. Now what's interesting to me out of all this is we have seen this coming somewhat for a while now because everybody knew, Hey, or not everybody, but most people knew, the media tier rights for OU and Texas are up really, really soon. And wherever the Sooners, particularly the Sooners, choose to park those rights will tell us a lot of what's going to happen in realignment. And here we are today say, seeing Texas suggest that they would be willing to just get, you know, do whatever with the Longhorn Network and OU, willing to go and park their stuff with the SEC. It just came down the tailpipe and was right there. And so I'm getting messages from like, you know, uh, Husker folks and saying like, what's going on? Like, is this is what you expected. Are you excited? Are you happy? Are you anxious? Like all these other things. And I think it's quite interesting because we knew something like this was going to happen. We knew that conference realignment almost seemed inevitable unless OU added like all the Arizona schools and then, right. you know, Colorado, Nebraska, whatever, added basically the old big 12 and add a couple other teams. And even uh, but, fun, but this even, is- yeah. 
even if you so, add those guys, you're not going to make the amount of money that you would have joining the SEC. Not with that new contract. Exactly. Exactly. And, and it seems to be all about money, despite Texas A&M having a gentleman's agreement about not letting Texas in, which is probably one of the most beta things I've seen. But it's also the Aggies. So we're not like yeah. not missed on that at all. The A&M Aggies are upset. But some former Aggies, which are now the Oklahoma State Cowboys, are also upset. Um, you know, I thought this was an interesting take, and I will not say this person's name on the podcast because you know they're they're a good friend, and I want to say I want to save that. <laughs> yeah, oh, there, there you go, buddy. So no, no last night. So I like, thought thought that the that the yeah. string of tweets was interesting. It says, as tempting as it may be, we don't dance in the collective grave of Oklahoma State, Kansas, Kansas State, and Iowa State today. That suck. This sucks so bad because, like we said earlier, Jack said these 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 players, not necessarily players, these teams are going to go elsewhere, and maybe some of them won't even end up in a Power Five school. And then talking about how it was really pathetic that OU fans and Texas fans were quite excited to move to like a bigger conference and maybe even a, a more a uh, prestigious conference and a conference that's more expensive and, and a little more bougie that gets you more money. And, you know, basically talking crap on other big 12 teams. And they said it was pathetic. They didn't really get it. But then they follow up with this, that Oklahoma state needs to throw a huge fit, push, shove, fight their way into the mix somehow while saying Oklahoma was pathetic. What I don't get is this year in and year out. And Oklahoma state says, we don't ride the coattails of OU. And then when, as soon as this happens, they're saying, why are you leaving? We're going to go to the government to make sure you can't leave us. Like, <laughs> I don't understand that yeah, process. It, it's, <laughs> so it's a little different than the dynamic with A&M because A&M, they're in the SEC right now. Yep. They're yep. going to be fine financially. There's no uncertainty there. There's The only thing at stake for them is their pride. That's That's it. Yeah, they but, seem uh, to make more money. State, I mean, I, I think they're going to be fine. I think they're going to land in a Power 5 conference or Power 4 conference. But uh, mm. it's there's uncertainty there. And I, they're, you know, reasonably anxious right now. And it's right. – uh, I think they're just going through a lot right now. I mean, they're – I mean, their world is turned upside down right now. They don't have a, a you know, an SEC to be excited about right now. I mean, do you remember back in the day when the rumor was that it was going to maybe be Oklahoma and Oklahoma State going to the SEC at some point? And yep. maybe Texas and Kansas going to the Big Ten. That's mm-hmm. kind of what was assumed for probably a few years at some point. But uh, because I think Oklahoma State and OU are both decent cultural fits in the SEC. So, but at the same time, you know, as far as television money is concerned, OU and Texas, that's the ultimate double whammy. So, I mean, Oklahoma State just doesn't have the same cachet as far as that's concerned. They don't have the same brand. But they'll be fine. You know, they're they're going through it for the next few days, few weeks. But I think they're the leadership at that university is above par. I would I'll admit, you know, I, I think uh, Weiberg, he's uh, he's not technically the AD yet, but he's going to be the AD. He's a uh, he's got a good head and his shoulders. He's uh, they've got some, you know, their boosters are not idiots. I mean, they're they're going to be fine. I think they're going to position themselves well. It'll probably – I think it'll be the Pac-12. I don't. I, I, unfortunately for them, I don't think the Big Ten is really an option for them just because they're so far from AAU status. I just don't think that's a, really a viable option for them. I think the ACC is, you know, a potential option, but I feel like 
West Virginia probably has a little bit better claim there, and I think Iowa State has a decent claim there. I think because Iowa State has a little bit more academic cachet than Oklahoma State does, and then West Virginia, obviously not the academic cachet, but they have the geography in their favor. So I think Oklahoma State's probably heading west, but um, that's not so such a bad thing. On that point, let's get to this because we've got eight other teams in the Big 12, and let's say for some reason – they don't try to limp out of the Big 12 for another year or two till 2025. They just disband. Let's play a game of what do we think happens to these other eight teams in the Big 12 just to facilitate this conversation a little bit better. So let's let's start up with KU. Steven, where does KU end up going? If the Big well, 12 KU just, has – they're not yeah. AAU, are they? They're, but they're, they're, clo- they're, they're made, closer. They might not necessarily be AAU, but they have – closer than – Better than most. They'll be fine as far as so, that. So, um, given their basketball, I mean, I would assume they would just land in the Big Ten. Um, football's really not going to get them anywhere. Uh, I don't, don't really know about their their Olympic sports. So, um, that basketball cr- program, as well as um, the fact that they're a pretty decent school, um, probably lands them in the Big Ten. Yeah, okay. I think they'll probably have their pick between the ACC and the Big Ten. They'll probably pick the Big Ten. I'd go, I'd go with the Big Ten, too, just because of basketball. Their basketball program is as big as any football program in the country. You know, uh, what about Iowa? See, Iowa State I've been grappling with. I feel like Iowa State could join the Big Ten and be a good fit in with their football culture I, I, and with I their basketball team. what the Big Ten has to gain by adding Iowa State. They already have Iowa. It's true. They're not, you know, it, it's not like Iowa, Iowa's a huge state, but, I mean, you know, they're – but they wouldn't be adding anything from a media standpoint whatsoever by adding Iowa state by adding Kansas, they would be right. So it's um, less of a slam dunk, but the ACC, I think for Iowa state geographically, it doesn't make that much sense, but at this point, that's kind of, I'm not saying it's irrelevant, but I mean, it's uh, I think they can still head to the ACC. It'll be, you know, the, uh, the riot rivals, West Virginia and Iowa state headed to the ACC, I think, but uh yeah, just because I mean, it's Iowa State's a basketball-minded school for the most part. Even though mm-hmm. you know lately, you know football's been great. They have a loyal fan base for football, but uh, I think they would fit in the ACC. I think they would just because I mean, the Big Ten would make sense for them. I and I, I think it would be fun for them to be in the Big Ten. I think it would be a cultural fit, obviously, but I just don't know that the Big Ten really sees that as very advantageous for them. So I just don't know that that's uh, going to happen. Steven, Iowa state. I would go big 10. And I mean, it, it's not the the best ad for the big 10, but it will get them into that super conference conversation. Um, it's a decent program that seems like it's on its way up um, as long as, as they kind of keep their, their core together. So I'll go with the big 10. I just don't see them going to ACC just because it's so far away. All right. And come back to you again, Stephen. Kansas State. That's where it gets tricky because uh, I'm not sure. I guess you could put them in the Pac-12. Um, they don't really fit kind of anywhere. They're, they're bad enough to go to like a, a G5 level, but um, I don't think they would fit necessarily in with the ACC, and I don't think the Big Ten would kind of take a, a big look at them either. Jack? Yeah, I mean, it's – I'm not saying it's a bad school, but I mean, a- academics would be a roadblock for them for the Big Ten and the uh, the ACC. I, I'm not saying that they wouldn't be a fit there, but I think there are some other better fits there that would probably be uh, 
snatched up before them. So I, I mean, I think they'll probably head out west. I think uh, I'd say Kansas State to the Pac-12 or Pac-16. Yeah, Kansas State's one I have trouble thinking about just because of they are not really a big name brand thing. They're not really a big basketball school. They're not really a big football school. They're big on family. They could be in the Fast and Furious movies, but <laughs> I can't really think about anything else. Um, this one I thought I thought was interesting. Oklahoma State. Where do you think they end up? Because I definitely don't think it's the SEC. I definitely don't think it's the ACC. So we got the uh, whatever a new version of the Big 12 is called. Because I, I can imagine they could do the old Southwest Conference or Big 8, some version of that again. Uh, I think they could go out west of the Pac-12. I think they could also uh, end up in the Big 10. I'm not sure because they've got a decent football program. Their basketball program is usually pretty good. They've got a lot of other really good sports like wrestling. I think the Big Ten would love to have that in their conference. And so I'm really kind of hung up on OSU. Jack, what do you think? To the Big Ten, I think their own detriment. They, they're just – the member institutions are just very, very, very hung up on academic prestige. And I'm not shitting on OSU academically. I mean, I that's just – Yes, you are. Yes, from you a are. perception <laughs> standpoint, they just – they don't quite fit the bill there. So it, I don't think the Big Ten's happening. I think they're headed west. Same with Kansas State. Steven? Yeah, I would say they would have to head out west. Um, the other option would to try to you know keep this thing together, keep the Big 12 together by adding some, um, some G5 teams here and there. And that could benefit Oklahoma State greatly because um, they'll still get the notoriety. They'll probably be one of the better teams in the conference. And, uh, you know, they contend, they would probably contend for a top 15 spot. So every so many years, they would probably get a playoff spot in that 12 team playoff. All right. Moving along, do, can we all agree that West Virginia is most likely just ends up in the ACC? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They've okay. wanted that forever and they're going to get it. <laughs> Moving on to Texas Tech. Do you guys think they end up in the Pac 12 as well? Yeah. Uh, yeah. they, they probably don't have much of another option because academics there. That's they the one the American. I'm comfortable with shitting on their academics. Texas tech is the one. Um, see, yeah, and I can see that too. The American as well. Just go to the American, just be a powerhouse in the American. <laughs> I guess so. But yeah, I, I think, you know, they're, they're in West Texas. I mean, obviously right, right. not close to any of the other PAC 12 schools, but I think it just, uh, this kind of makes sense to go to the PAC 12. And of course, again, when conference realignment was hot a while ago, remember Texas and Tech were very close to going to the Pac-12. And of course, Correct. the Pac-12 would wouldn't probably take Texas Tech without Texas. But course, times are yeah. different now. The Pac-12 is not nearly they don't nearly have enough legs to stand on where they were that many years ago. Now, the last two teams I think are really intriguing. TCU. What happens with them, Jack? TCU is an interesting one. They, um, I kind of have to talk about them in the context of Baylor because they're both private schools in the state of Texas. Mm -hmm. Granted, their perception nationally is much different. Mm -hmm. TCU is kind of, you know, an SMU light. It's not really seen as a fire and brimstone school. It's not really. I'm not saying it's 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 not a liberal school, but I mean it's not something that's. Uh, I don't think their, you know, their uh, image is something that's really going to put off the 
Pac-12. I think they have a shot out there more than Baylor would. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I, I think the ACC would be a decent option. I think the academics are decent enough for the Big Ten. If one of those conferences wants to get a foothold in the state of Texas, TCU might be a decent option. It's not a huge fan base, but it is in the DFW area, and then you do get a foothold in that area. So that's uh, that's something to think about. I think they're a more intriguing option than a lot of people are giving them credit for. Baylor, on the other hand, um, there's obviously the past stink with all of the scandal over the past, you know, you know, you know, dating back to, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Dennehy. I mean, it's, uh, and then with Art Bryles, I mean, it's, uh, and then they're basically a non-starter with the Pac-12. I'm not making a political statement here, but the Pac-12, do you, cons- would you think that they would take in a conservative Christian school with that kind of image? No, they wouldn't. No, I don't, no, I, would not. Uh, not even, not even a chance. Um, the big 10, Probably not. I don't think the AC the ACC would probably be their best bet. I think as far as that's concerned. Otherwise, they're headed to the American. Probably. I think that TCU could be a really nice uh, plan for the Pac-12. I think so too. I think they could honestly be a really nice plan for the American before super conferences start to be formed once again. Uh, Baylor, I think they could have a lot of fun and the uh conference usa or the fun belt i think not many big i think i don't i think not many organizations would be that proud to have them i think the big 12 isn't even that proud to have them steven what do you think happens with tcu and baylor i think tcu probably lands on one of the coasts either acc or pac-12 i'd probably go with the pac-12 because i think they'd be they'd be pretty fun to watch there yeah, um, LA, LA kids and DFW kids right so i think that'd be pretty fun i think that'd be a really good landing spot for them yeah baylor they're probably done as far as being a power five team. They're, they're, they're gone. Sorry guys. They made their own bed. They really did. They so. did. They did. It's true. So, yeah. and to go on with this, there's a save the big 12 hashtag uh, right now among teams that really? are going to be on quotes left behind. What are four teams that the big 12 could add to make as much money as they can now before it fully dissolves eventually? Well, BYU would be the first one you would bring up there yeah. because that's a very big national brand. Um, I think at this point, the Big 12 isn't really in a position to stick its nose up at the honor code or anything like that just because they would bring in too much money to the conference and they'd be desperate at this point. So I think uh, BYU. Would you add UCF? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, the Arizona schools. I mean, that's a pipe mm. dream for yeah. the Big 12, obviously. But I don't think they're uh, they're not – exactly a perfect cultural fit in the Pac-12. So, uh, and it's, I mean, if they move to the Big 12 and were with some of these other schools, I don't think they're, uh, I don't think it hurt their pocketbook too much. And they'd, you know, probably get a little bit more national attention because they'd be, uh, you know, playing a little bit earlier in the day. So uh, I think that would help a little bit, but it won't happen. But that would be a dream for the Big 12. And then as far as adding someone, what do you guys think about Houston? Absolutely. It would elevate Houston, mm-hmm. and Houston would love it. Mm-hmm. I think it would be good. Now the fact that I think these schools would not really be in a position to be too picky. I mean, in the I mean, 
you know, in the last, you know, round of speculated realignment, 2016, schools like Oklahoma State, Baylor, TCU were obviously apprehensive because elevating Houston would have really hurt them. Houston would immediately be above them in the pecking order as far as football recruiting is concerned. So, but at this point, you're losing Texas and Oklahoma. How much do you have to lose by adding Houston at this point? Right, exactly. I, I think it would be okay. Steven, is there another team that you think that would be a good fit maybe to uh, make this conference, like maybe a USF? Yeah, you could go with USF. I was looking at for teams that probably have the most to gain from the name image right. likeness. So yes. um, teams that could that could quickly elevate the perception of the Big 12. And not really elevate, but keep it the same, essentially. Um, so maybe like UCF, maybe a Memphis. Um, you know, Houston would probably be a, your quote-unquote home run, I guess you could call it. Um, of addition. So I think them and BYU are the for sure ads. And then you go to like UCF, Memphis, USF, those kind of teams. Yeah. And I, I agree with that. I think you add to add to the conference when the fire is hottest, because it looks like the big 12 is not going to be a thing in the next six to seven years, or maybe even three to four years, which I think is going to be really interesting. So my next, my next comment is, you know, we're going back to OU football. Will OU win the rest of the Big 12 titles um, as they're in the conference? And what happens if OU goes and wins the rest of the Big 12 titles as long as they're in the Big 12 and then goes to the SEC and then wins an SEC title? Does Lincoln Riley just pull down his pants and moon the camera there or, or and like go on like fine bomb and just tell everybody to suck it. And Bob Stoops <laughs> does like the national like suck it tour of everybody for the sec. Uh, what, what does that, ha- what does that do for the fan base? What does that look like? Well, I mean, if Lincoln Riley wins that version of the sec, that probably means that they go on to win the national championship is what I would guess. I guess Clemson mm-hmm. would probably be the only real roadblock there in that instance. But uh, I mean, as far as winning the rest of the big 12 championships are concerned they will be the favorite to win the rest of them just based on how Mm -hmm. the recruiting is going lately i don't think there's anyone who can you know claim a uh, better future than ou at least in the not in the next five years i wouldn't say but uh statistically say if they're in the big 12 for another three or four years would it be statistically likely that they win all four of them Probably not. I mean, I think one year, I think someone else could probably, you know, come up and win something. I mean, it just, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just eventually OU is not going to win this conference. That's just statistically (gasps) blasphemy. It's going to happen. They might not win their conference at some point. Just got one star reviews on the podcast. Is what it is. But um, they'll be the favorite to win it every year until they're gone, I think. I agree. And Stephen, what are your thoughts? I think it ultimately ultimately depends on uh, what Texas does because I think everyone can kind of agree that Matt Campbell's probably on his way out of Iowa State. You know, maybe maybe he changes his mind and, and kind of stays, but um, you know, he's too good of a coach to stay at a program um, of that stature. Not that the Iowa State's a bad program; it's just he's he's going to be you know the name to go get next season. So we'll see how that goes. So it's ultimately up to Texas whether Oklahoma is going to win out or not. Yeah, I agree. And last but not least, 
Oklahoma and Texas likely to move to the SEC. I mean, I feel like this thing, they, it's rapidly happening. Uh, a lot of people saying this thing could be done as easy as next week or the week after as far as the agreements are being in place. Uh, at 11 out of the 14 teams at least saying yes, uh, which will likely happen out of pressure because A&M are a bunch of pansies. And my question to you is this. Originally, I thought, oh, there's going to be an SEC West in which OU Texas join and they'll be in that conference with Arkansas, both Mississippi schools and LSU, including A&M. And then you force Alabama and Auburn to go east. I thought that was the initial and for many is the initial thought. And it makes sense. Or in Mizzou to go west as well. Um, but there's this proposal this morning about 14 pods in which OU would participate in a pod, of a group of four teams in which Arkansas, Missouri, Oklahoma, and Texas would play. And then it'd be a nine-game conference schedule format in which you play the other three teams in your pod every season. You play two games against each of the other pods, and you host a team at least once every four seasons. Are you guys, I'm Steven, I'm coming to you first. Are you guys down for the East-West division split, or are you down for the four-pod split because it's 16 teams? I kind of like the divisions at first, but after looking at the pods, I'm, I think I'm firmly with the pods. I think, um, you know, college football is kind of heading to that that semi-pro. They will kind of want to go to that NFL format. So um, the SEC being the leader in college football, I think the pods will be pretty fun to watch. I, I've i come around to the pods as well just because, you know, think about how the SEC is right now. The school from the other division, schools that are not your protected rivals, how often are you playing those? You, it seems like they're going to those schools once every seven to nine years, maybe less than that. You know, with a pod system, you would there'd be a little bit more balance as far as scheduling is concerned, as far as the regular season or regular season is concerned. But uh, the one thing to work out would be who would play in the SEC championship game. And I guess you would just go with, with the two teams with the best records at that point. And I think right, right. that would be fine. So I, I've come around to that. I, I just, I want to play A&M yearly. I want to play LSU yearly as a fan, as a person that just like writes about them. I want to be able to go down to the death Valley or host LSU in Norman Every other year, I want that experience. I want to go to Oxford, Mississippi, because I've heard wonderful things about the Grove. I've never been there. So I'm totally down for the East-West split. But at the same time, I'm totally cool with the pods as well. I, I, there's there's a lot to go on here. The The end of all this is you this. You trips to Athens as well, which is the best college town in the SEC. Is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, Athens just, is, I, I would say, is the number one. I mean, Oxford is a good one, but Athens, there's, I'd say that's the best one. It's the most well-rounded, I would say. But regardless, I no longer have to say, oh, got to go to Fort Worth again. Oh, <laughs> I get to go to the second biggest stadium in the Big see, 12 Fort and go to Ames, Iowa. As as the Big 12 is concerned. I mean, Can't I wait to go to Waco. Go to, yeah, know, seriously. Like, and don't get me wrong, like, the best stadium OU fans could go to because this is one of the better stadiums in the country and definitely one of the best in the Big 12. Uh, the, the big, the best stadium and atmosphere you could probably go to is the one in Austin. But, of course, we play in Dallas every year. And so it's like, where else are you going to? And then you go to the SEC, and there's so many 
avenues and so many places that you could really just get into and experience something else and taking tail talking about taking tailgating to the next freaking level i am <laughs> I, beyond I think our fan base would up excited. its game as far as that's concerned just out of necessity i think just to kind of keep up appearances like those fans are insane harvey updike poisoned a tree because he was so <laughs> angry at auburn that they did he die that. by the way I think he did uh, pass he did. away, maybe. But yeah. this man, well, just like the tree, he yeah. killed that tree because he hated Auburn so much. And he said, "Roll damn tide!" Like I said, you gotta love the crazy. Too, too much Bama, too much Bama in me. But oh man, I'm so excited to see all this play out. I'm so excited to see what happens over the next few weeks, and I'm also excited because people usually always go to conference realignment for content when there's nothing going on and when there's actual conference realignment going on literally about like uh, two and a half weeks before the season officially really begins to start. That's amazing to me. And I'm so excited for it. Uh, that's all I've got. What do you, do you guys this have anything is going else? to be a boon for crimson and cream machines page views. I'm just telling you right now. So we're all going to, you know, benefit from this. So this is nice. Uh, Steve, you have anything else? I just think it's fun. This is like the most fun Twitter's been in a long time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's I also one of those very things. little work done today. Oh yeah, I, you yeah, gotta check true. it like every that's twenty minutes true. for an I got update. Some good work done today. So. It's true. Yeah, you get an update from Kirk Bowles from this guy. Yeah, from this it's person. nonstop. So love it. Um, it's also it. something we, me and Kami, have been talking about kind of like five years, something like that. So <laughs> yeah, and it's finally come to fruition. So it, it's it's a fun time to be an OU fan. True. And shout out to Tyler uh, watching us from Facebook saying, you know, saying he's been waiting for an emergency podcast, something like this. Yeah, the next time you guys come in and watch a live podcast, drop some comments and questions, etc., And we'll talk about them live on the podcast. Really appreciate it. Uh, Dan says the transition won't be as easy as everyone thinks. If OU hits an eight and five, people will lose their mind. I agree. And I think that's the price. That's some, fine. I think that's the price. Of it. I think they'll see a lot of good games. Um, I'm higher on OU's talent level than I think some are, but I think you mean the future. Uh, but I th Saban's not going to live forever. Uh, LSU's taking a nosedive right now. Jimbo Fisher's not going to be there for a long time, despite the fact that they have a national title trophy with an uh, dot, 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 and ellipses at the end because they don't know if he's ever going to bring him one or he's probably not ever going to get one, let's be honest. He's not going Kirby to. Smart at Georgia. Yay. I, I, it is what it is. I think people... like. Yes, Oklahoma fans are going to be relatively pissed if OU does not win nine or more games. I agree with that statement, um, but in the end, it's about recruiting, it's about money, uh, and it's about uh, it's about entertainment. And I think that's all it is at the end of the day. And if you join the SEC, which seems to garner all the attention as the best conference in in the United States, and I think you have to do it if that's the if that's what's on the table. But I think that about wraps us up. You guys can follow us at crimsonandcreamish.com. You can follow us uh, on Twitter at CC Machine. You can follow Jack at J. Larry Shields. You can follow me at Robbie and CCM. You can follow Steve and I at the SB on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. If you're not listening to this live or watching us live or commenting with us, uh, I'll drop a Discord link in the bio of this podcast. Archie is uh, saying bye to people on the broadcast, and we will check you guys later. <laughs>